Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Welcome to Puro Pinche Sports. I'm your host, Jose, alongside my co-host, Marco, and back from his layoff last week, producer Meme. Marco, how are you doing this fine evening, sir? Doing pretty good, man. Can't complain. What about you, Meme? Doing all right. Hanging in there, you know. Just trying to wipe my butt one day at a time. As long as you have enough toilet paper, sir, I think you'll be fine there. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking news, there's none. (laughs) There hasn't been any. Fuck. I am Cornholio. I need TV for my bum <laughs> Funny joke about that, actually. My mom's HEB is fully stacked, so I was able to get shit done on Monday. Woo! <laughs> Don't go to Costco, folks. It's ridiculous in there. <laughs> or Sam's Club, or anywhere else you get your girl shoes today. Especially not Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we've had a... For even for a slow time with this whole COVID-19 crisis right now, well, a lot of sports news still going on right now. Um, I want to keep, keep on track with the whole NFL football time right now where we have, you know, players being let go or unwanted even. So, Marco, this past week, Cam Newton got released by the Carolina Panthers. He is now technically the best free agent quarterback available. How do you feel about him being released and what do you think of his future? I saw this coming. I saw this coming when Ron Rivera got let go. Uh, Marty Herney, the GM of the Panthers, uh, making these bold decisions. And also, I just see it as him wanting a fresh new start for the Carolina Panthers, uh, going towards another direction. And going towards that new direction is not having uh, Cam Newton on that squad. Seeing him let go the way he did, though, one week into free agency was kind of a shocker in a way. Just the what he has provided for that franchise and what he has done for that franchise, taking them to a Super Bowl, and just seeing the way um, he's kind of being treated it's it's on the bad side a little bit, but this might be a good thing for Cam Newton. A new start for him as well on maybe a possibility of them, him being on a really good team. What do you think, Jose? I mean, it does suck because Cam Newton, while he's not the most accurate or even like one of the, I would say top-tier quarterbacks in the league in the last couple of years, he was putting up great numbers you know, before his shoulder injury in the 2018 season. Um, T.J. Watt takes him out, and after a 6-2 start, you know, rest of the way kind of blunders. And it sucks because he he's so big. You know, he's a guy that doesn't – he's not the statue quarterback that just, you know, stands back and waits to throw. He's mobile. He's one of those mobile quarterbacks that – but he's big. He's huge. Like, he makes, you know, wide receivers kind of look small too. Like, and he'll go for it. But unfortunately, like, with that risk – so many injuries have plagued him as well. You know, leg injuries, you know, big hits that are, you know, most QBs you would think like, hey, where's the call on that one? You know, he kind of hit me pretty hard. Helmet to helmet, stuff like that. Like, I still remember to this day, like the beginning of the 2016 season, you have the Broncos versus the Panthers and Cam gets game crushed, beaten down in that Super Bowl rematch. 
And I mean, it sucks because you know, you know, Cam's good, or you know, he was MVP, that, you know, previous year, and he's just getting his, you know, honestly, his ass whooped. And then you know, as the years go by, he's getting plagued with more injuries, and now the Panthers have given up on him. They they quit on him, and now, now, do you think it was justifiable giving up on him? In the matter that they did, or as quick as they did. Well, so they got a new owner, and he wanted to see, you know, what Ron Rivera could would do and stuff like that. So, you know, he felt like Cam was too injury prone. So, yeah, I don't mind that he gave up on him in a sense, but I think the timing was my problem. The timing was the fact that he decided, hey, yes, I'm gonna, you know, look into possibly trading you, but let's be honest, I'm gonna cut you a week after the free agency, where a lot of other quarterbacks, even backup quarterbacks, are being signed. Nick Foles got traded to the Bears. That would be a great spot for Cam Newton, in my opinion. And I also see that the communi- the communication between the franchise and Cam wasn't there as well. Because if you remember, when the Panthers posted on Instagram and on Twitter that, that he was going to get released, that he was being released, Cam Newton seemed a little shocked. And telling them, "Hey, this is not what you. This is not the way you told me that things." Well, were he, he mentioned that when uh, when they said that we're gonna let him, you know, you know, look for a trade for him, and he's like, "Nah, fuck that. Y'all giving up on me." That's yeah. what he was saying. Like he was like, "Nah, y'all gave up on me. Don't make don't make don't it make like, it seem like you're just yeah." No, like we shook hands and we agreed. Nah, y'all fucking said I'm done with you. I mean, of course, the way Cam fucking says it on social media with his fucking weird ass font. Can anyone fucking read that shit? I mean, damn, Helen Keller's struggling right now trying to understand that bullshit. But anyways, um, I don't know what's next for Cam as far as, you know, what team. Some people are saying maybe the Chargers because they couldn't pick up Tom Brady. Some even say Jacksonville. But, I mean, I think at this point the Jaguars are going to tank and they're going to stick with Gardner Minshew. But, Marco, do you think he's going to pick up, you know, he's going to stay as maybe a backup role or even maybe sit out the season and wait to see what might happen? That's a tough one. I know the Chargers aren't looking to pick him up either from reports uh, that we've been hearing. I also have heard rumors about the Patriots, but I also see nope. them tanking. Nope. Um, I see them tanking with getting Brian Hoyer, uh, taking that right uh, route um, as far as, you know, tanking the next season. You also see it, like you said, with the Jaguars and Minshew. So there's a lot of teams out there waiting for the draft, even this year's or next year's. So I think I kind of see Cam maybe sitting out this season. I can't see him being a backup just because Cam Newton does have a lot. He's like the Carmelo Anthony of the NFL. Not saying he's that old, but in the sense of, hey, I'm a starter in this league. I'm good enough to be a starter. I'm not going to be behind no one. And that's his pride. That's his pride that Cam Newton, that, he's, that pride that he has held on his shoulders since he was in college. And he's backed it up for the most part until, like you said, all these injuries, um, him being injury prone to a lot of things because of him being that mobile quarterback and putting himself in tough positions and causing him to have some pretty tough injuries. Do you think he's going to have that same state of mind if, let's say, an organization comes up to him and says, hey, man, we're going we're gonna to have you compete? For your for the starting position, it's not just going to be given to you. You think he's just going to be like, nah, that's not me. I'm I'm the starter. It's hard to say. I know people that are people that have said that are, are close to Cam. We know he's a competitive player. We know he's willing to fight. But he he him and his pride, I think, won't let him take an offer like that. In my opinion, he wants to be the starter of a friend. He wants to be a franchise quarterback. He wants that confidence being given to him from the franchise and not saying, hey, you got to compete for this spot, but more so saying, hey, you're going to be my starter. And I know you're going to make big things for us, big things for us to happen. 
So, I mean, I can't see him being a, a, a second string or anything like that. I can see him sitting out one year and working on his physical ability like he has been lately. I've seen him on Instagram posting all those videos of him working out. I mean, look, whenever the season does kick off, you mean, you know, eight, eight weeks in, we might see a lot of, you know, starters, unfortunately, injured. You know, they might be taken out. Carson Wentz is one of those players that, you know, he's he's good. He's like, he's, he's above average. He's really good, but... You know he, you know he gets hit one more time or anything like that. He, you know, he he can be easily taken out. And the Eagles even have a good backup quarterback. No, I would say they're gonna probably call in Cam Newton, and that goes for any team really that has that one guy and they don't have a really sound backup uh, quarterback. You know to really you know take over for the team. I think Cam's in. the most viable option, and I agree with what you're saying. But the most viable option that I saw for him going anywhere was the Los Angeles Chargers. But now them saying, like, hey, we're not really looking for him to be our starter, for him to be a quarterback of our franchise, tells me, like, hey, where else could he really go? Is there any other place Cam Newton can go, really? I mean, at this time, you know, there's a lot of questions up in the air. Uh, we'll just see what happens. And, you know, you know, Cam, I think he can, healthy Cam, he can take a, any team to the playoffs. Correct. Um, but I agree. Enough about that. Let's, uh, let's go about to a player that is unwanted. <laughs> who is definitely on the outs, who has been told, no, you can't. And that's Antonio Brown. So if anyone knows, Antonio Brown, for you know, the beginning of his career, has played majority of the time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wide receiver, outstanding, on par, or maybe could even surpass Jerry Rice numbers if you know his career would continue at the pace that it was. He got you know unhappy with Pittsburgh, you know, goes to the Raiders. Unhappy there. They cut him. Signed with the Patriots. They say, you know what? You have too much. Uh, you talk too much to your uh, sexual assault. You know, the people are accusing him for it. But, you know, so now he's on the outs. And he wants to join with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. But that's not the case. Because, you know what? Coach Head coach Bruce Arians said, no. I don't need him. I don't want him. I don't know if we could afford him. But I certainly don't want him in my and, life. And room. really, that's Antonio Brown's fault, man. The That antagonizing aspect of him. And nobody wants that antagonizing player in their franchise. We saw it with the Patriots. The Patriots are smart enough to let him go early because of the situations that were I think they were just dumb to sign him in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And I also saw it with the Raiders. Like, hey, we put up with your crap. And then, you know what? We gave you opportunities after opportunities after opportunities. And... You weren't really to take them and do your 100%, do your part of the problem. And that, really, it's it's on him and the way he's been acting. He's acting like a little kid. And he's been acting a little kid. And acting a little like a little kid has its consequences. So, I mean, Antonio Brown, if you don't change up quick, man, <laughs> I don't think I can see you on an NFL roster anytime soon. This is the same man who called out one of his, you know, former teammates t- trying to talk shit to him, trying to embarrass him and Juju uh, Schuster uh, because, you know, Juju was trying to look up to AB as a mentor before his his uh, career in the NFL. He was asking him questions and stuff like that. And he thought for whatever reason that that humble young man, that those messages were going to look like, haha, look at this, you know, weak, dumbass, you know, asking me for help. You know, he desperate. He want that shit. But no, that's... It backfired on AB. You know, he attacks everybody that, you know, he feels crosses his path for whatever reason. Whether it's his teammate Juju or Big Ben. Talk shit about uh, Mike Mayock, the GM of the Raiders. 
uh, Derek Carr saying, you know, he can't fucking throw to me or anything like that. And then when he got cut by the Patriots, he insults Robert Kraft, which I'm like, you're just burning bridges. And what, you know, after so many, you know, in pretty much in one season, he burned three bridges, you know, between teams. What other team wants to take that risk with you? I certainly wouldn't want to take that risk. I don't know why. Anyone that follows me as far as either Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, if you can find me on Twitter and tell me what my handle is because I don't even know what that is right now. <laughs> I talk so much shit about Antonio Brown being with the Raiders. Like, so much crap. And I was laughing when they cut him. And then I was crying when the Patriots signed him because I was so mad. Like, yeah, he's fantastic. He's elite status. He is. He had the records and numbers of probably a Hall of Fame-worthy player. And he ruined it. And that kind of attitude I didn't want with my team. And I don't blame anyone else. I don't blame Bruce Arians, who was his offensive coordinator the first two years Antonio Brown was in the league. He didn't want him either. He knows him. Last year, you know, Bruce Arians calls him a diva. You know, freaking Antonio Brown claps back. Who's a diva that wears that freaking, those shades and that stupid hat you always be wearing? So, yeah, of course, you, you know. burned all the bridges in the world. Of course And the thing is, too, it's yeah. like, think about it. I mean, we've all played some sort of sports or competitive sports on, on a team or anything like that. When you have an antagonizing player that's antagonizing not only himself, but everyone around him, not only affects the team, but it affects him as well. And it just makes everything else crumble around around him. So good job to, you know what, shout out to Bruce Arians doing that and not letting him become a problem on his roster and not letting a potential a potential uh, successful team come down because of someone like him being on his roster. So shout out to him for for doing that. When you already got weapons like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Ray, OJ, I feel like I'm repeating to myself from last week. But when you got those weapons, you don't need an Antonio Brown. Nah. You can find you can find a slot receiver and a lot of other players. Trade for Edelman, whatever you want to do. Sign in Danny Amendola if he's available. Each signed or traded, you know, you got many options. But Antonio Brown, he's a plague right now. He's a plague to himself, a plague to his family. And he needs to find some, he needs to get away from his yes men. And he needs to find some help. Um, that's all we can look forward to. Now, let me ask you this. Yo. Did you find his apologies from last month sincere? Hell no. This is a guy who just wanted to be on team. And that's all it is. It's a publicity stunt. He fucked up when he uh, was talking shit to the Hollywood, Florida Police Department and then going Instagram Live doing that as well as berating his baby mama. And that was just wrong. Like, And then, you know, weeks later when after, you know, he gets arrested and, you know, you know for charges of a battery, you know, that he wants to go ahead and apologize for all his stuff. Like, no, I'm not going to believe one, one or two months down, you know, now, like since his apology. No, I'm not going to believe you. You know, you have you have to earn people's respect again, and you have to really be sincere with your apology, and you have to show with your actions. You know, not really just for like the next few months, but for the rest of your life before you know you you look to be on the field again playing for a new team. Right. And if it doesn't happen soon, I don't see it happening at all. He's thirty-one years old. It's he's not he's not getting any younger, and you know, not everyone's Tom Brady that can play to like fifty-five. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. So we'll see how that goes, but um. As far as anything going on right now, we know the NBA season has been shut down for now. 
suspended until possibly mid June, which is honestly that hurts because you know we don't we don't want to you know we want we want to see the season end, but we had we had a good you know possible run with seeing the three top teams, the Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, battling out to possibly see the cha- you know new champs, and we had the Lakers face two of those. Both those teams. Right before they ended. Right, yeah. And the same weekend, too. And then the Lakers won both, you know. And so, I mean, Marco, compa- comparing from those three teams, who, in your opinion, was the best team before the season got suspended? So, seeing this last, it was about to be the last stretch of the 20 games, and seeing LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers take down the Bucks and then take down the Clippers, and the fashion that they did, because they were competitive games. Mm-hmm. They were playing all out, man. And the style of play that, you know what, not only the style of play that the Lakers play with, but the grit defensively, people didn't think that they were going to be a good enough defensive team, in a sense, compared to the Clippers, and compared, well, really compared to the Clippers, because the Bucks defensively, yeah, you got Giannis. Uh, oh, sir, please, not underestimate the Bucks defense. I'm, I'm not going to underestimate it completely, but is it a better defense than that of the Clippers or the Lakers? Well, I would say Anthony Davis is the defensive player of the year this year. Um, he's been a great defender, if not all his career so far. Um, but let's be honest, the reason that, you know, the Bucks intimidate isn't always their flashy offense. It's a lot of their hardworking defense. And that's a lot of the reason why Giannis was a MVP last season because of both what he did on both sides of the court, not just one. Um, and I, you got to give it up to his other teammates as well as George Hill, Chris Middleton, other stuff like that. You got to give them the respect for... And no, the respect is there, but what I'm saying is defensively, you're not at par yet. Maybe the, these last 20 games, rolling into the playoffs, maybe, you know, you end up being better because we see it. Especially with the style of play and the style of defensively that Coach Bud is running for the Bucks. It was, you know, a lot of the times the Bucks, and you've seen it in these past years, is the last 20 games. Yeah, they've been number one spot this the whole season. Playing in a weaker Easter conference, but those last 20 games, you see them pick it up defensively a lot. And you can see it in the numbers. But as far as the three teams, I think the Lakers have been playing the best basketball. And also, they were my pick at the beginning of the season to win the championship. And nothing changed. Heading into these last 20 games, after seeing them beat the Bucks and the Clippers... My decision never changed. And I thought the Lakers, hopefully, that the season continues later on in June, that they'll keep the same momentum. But I saw them winning the championship this year. Um, I thought they were uh, the best suited team. I mean, I'll say my pick, and this might just sound controversial because coming from last week's segment, um, I actually did think the Clippers were the best team. When they came to, like, they were all healthy and they were all on the court playing together, Kawhi, PG, Pat Beverly, Lou Will, I mean, when you had all those guys uh, together, healthy, you know, I just, you find it really hard to stop them. I mean, we saw their first two games against the Lakers and where they, you know, the Lakers had the lead and then the Clippers, you know, physically beat them down and, you know, show their presence and their will onto that. And mind you, the first time they played the season opener, they didn't have Paul George that first game either. It was, you know, Macho Harrell, Lou Will, Kawhi, you know, putting up the numbers and, you know, defensively stopping AD and LeBron. Um, so, yeah, now that we've gotten, like, over 60 games in the season, we saw LeBron and, you know, and the Lakers show that they're the number one team. But, you know, now coming out into the, you know, I guess the, you want to call it the COVID-19 uh, mid, mid-season break, 
I mean, are the are these same Lakers going to be the same coming back from, you know, once the season does start up again? Are they going to be? Because they are on the older side as well. They are. They have a lot of older veteran players. Are they physically in shape right now? Like we see LeBron on IG pumping up, working out all the time, but it's not the same as being on the court. Boy, it's like you said that mid mid season break was eh? You're giving a 35 year old LeBron a few months to gather up some rest and then come into the season. I'm just saying, but man. that's also start harder for them to re. re- Amp it up when the season starts again, and then and the same the same thing for in the, the same breath we're talking about load management Kawhi and then injury prone uh, Paul George those same ones that are and ankle hurt you know ankle injury Pat Beverly you know they're all also resting up so the, we might see hundred percent Clippers as well and in my opinion as of right now I still see the Clippers topping the Lakers in the uh, Western Conference Finals. Well, I'm gonna tell you that you're wrong and I don't agree. At all with anything you're saying right now. One, like I said about LeBron James, mm-hmm. the best player in basketball, the best player in the world. You're giving up until K- KD comes back. Okay. No, even if KD comes back, he's still KD in the comes back. No, no, you're, you're ridiculous. LeBron is going to be the best player on the court, regardless who's on there with him, right now at the moment. Okay. Okay. Even when KD comes back, you can put him on that. So, you, so even like 100% Kawhi, you wouldn't say, would be on par with No, LeBron. you know why? And I'm going to tell you why. Why? I'm going to tell you why, why right now. But you know what? We'll get into this right now. I'm going to tell you right now about the, the Lakers, the points I was going to get at. One is you're giving these veteran players, like you said, you're giving them enough for us to go into the season with the chemistry, like you said, was doing pretty good. You, t- you think about the break. Okay, can the chemistry get affected a little bit? But that's for everyone. You're at par with everyone at, the, at that point. You're talking about a Clippers team that the chemistry wasn't even all there yet. And you were hearing things about, um, you know, a few things in the in the locker room going on with Kawhi and, you know, people that were upset in the franchise, things like that going into the season. So, I mean, their chemistry was never at par. PG, PG and Kawhi didn't play that much together. Why? Because PG was hurt. Most of the season, he's been most. He's been hurt a, a good part of the season, actually, a good amount of games. Well, even so, even before that, you know, I think it, I think, but prior to their last meet uh, meetup with the Lakers, they were undefeated together. When you had the the combination of Lou, Bev, Paul George, and Kawhi together, I believe they were all undefeated. So let let's not get it twisted. Whatever you know, lack of chemistry they might be because they haven't had that much playing time together. That's still there. There's a reason why Kawhi Leonard wanted Paul George to the Clippers. He tried to get Paul George to the Spurs when he was still a Spurs player. You know how much the Spurs would be right now with Paul George and Kawhi? We wouldn't be tripping about this. But now that they're together in the Clippers, I mean, look, this is, in their way, good healing time. It's been over two weeks since the season stopped. By the time they come back, they'll have their knees, ankles, whatever other injuries, you know, pretty much healed because they've had a three-month break. But like I said, those older players, it's not going to be easy on them. It's basically starting LeBron's 18th season. JaVale McGee's getting slower the more time you know goes on. JaVale McGee. That boy. <laughs> and so, you know, these things are going to hurt. And, you know, let's be honest. I don't even think Giannis and the Bucks are going to be the ones in the Eastern Conference Finals Championships. I think it's going to be probably Boston and Miami. But I will talk about that in a little bit. Right now, I still think it's Kawhi and the Clippers. And you didn't let me finish. I'm going to tell you my second point. No. I'm going to give you a second point. Okay. And we just talked about it. You got the best player in basketball on your team and possibly the best duo in basketball. 
If you compare duos, you compare LeBron James, the greatest player in basketball, and you talk about Anthony Davis versus a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George. I'm taking LeBron in AD all day, every day, all day and every day. And I don't think Paul George and Kawhi have, it, have what it takes to take them down. Yes, they were winning in the beginning of the season. In the season series between them two, it was 2-1 after this win by uh, the Lakers. They have won, They had won the first two, won the beginning of the season, Christmas Day, um, and now LeBron and the Lakers beat them uh, right before the COVID-19 uh, halt. So what I'm saying is that dynamic duel between LeBron and AD in the paint, sending those lobs to AD, you have Montrezl Harrell for the Clippers at center, power forward, whatever you want to put in, Zubak, but they're not good enough to stop them. That, the paint. Whoa, 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 whoa. That depth. That depth in the Clippers no. roster is, yes, it is. It doesn't matter. You should have, as the Clippers, you should have gone There's, to go pick up someone better as an did. inside the paint defender. Who? They picked up, oh, they picked up all the people that freaking the Lakers wanted. Did they not pick up the Morris? Because it was, did, a, did they not pick up the Morris twin they wanted? Yes. Did they not pick up Reggie Jackson? But Reggie Jackson ain't doing nothing. He's on the bench. I don't care how much depth you have. If you're what, not using what? them correctly, it's not working. Hey, that, those are still, those are the players, those are the ones they need depth-wise because one, who's who's going to be from coming from the bench off or the uh, Lakers? Caruso? Caruso's going to make a difference? When, Caruso's been making a difference. He's not going to He's make, been making a difference in the fourth quarter. Did you see his, their last 10 games? Oh, that's not going to matter in the playoffs. Trust me, it's not. Caruso's not going to be that difference maker. Got playoff Rondo, baby. When, I, when I'm going to trust, your six, if your sixth man is Caruso versus Clippers' sixth man, Lou Will... I think Lou Will's going to get that one. Well, Lou Will didn't do nothing to get the last game between them. Oh, well, He didn't do nothing. He got locked down. So, Lou Will, but Lou Will did the first two games, didn't he? What I'm saying. Every Bradley was a what saving saying, grace what for I'm the Lakers. Saying, I'm not even talking time. about their de- I'm talking about their depth defensively in the paint. You got probably LeBron James, the best finisher at the rim in, like, history. And then you also have Anthony Davis and that powerhouse of a man. That will dunk on you regardless of how tall and how good you are. When you have Montrezl Harrell defending you, the Clippers. You have Montrezl Harrell and you got Zubak defending you. I'm sorry. That, I'm that, sorry. Was, but that, wasn't, down, that wasn't enough for the first two games, huh? That wasn't enough to win the first. You're talking game? about a Lakers team that didn't have the chemistry they have now. Okay. And going into this, okay, what I'm saying is that's gonna play a big difference in the playoffs. When you're playing bully ball down there, and you're talking about an Anthony Davis and LeBron James going to the rim, and we saw it the, the, this last game. It didn't look too good for the Clippers, and that's what I'm well, saying. Well, you know that's what? The what Clippers saying. have had the advantage. If you want to talk about the three meetups, the Clippers have had the advantage on the defense on Anthony Davis and LeBron. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You want to make a bet? You want to make a bet on LeBron and the Lakers versus Kawhi and the Clippers? Let's do it. All right. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. We'll, we'll go through the things. Okay. No slap bets because I know you don't want to get hurt. The ultimate wager, slap bet. Oh, slap bet. We used to do those when I was a kid. What the hell's a slap bet? Whoever's right gets to slap the other person in the face as hard as they possibly can, but no rings. <laughs> Anyways. Prior to the meeting, I think you're saying Lakers and who in the finals? Prior to the break, who are you, who are you calling? Lakers versus who in the finals? I'm saying Lakers-Bucks. Lakers-Bucks? I actually think Clippers-Celtics. That's completely 180. <laughs> How's a 180? That's a complete 180 of my pick. Well, don't shit. It's my prediction, Sherlock. Yeah. That, what the hell? Mm. I was just asking you who you thought what the best team was earlier. I wasn't saying who's going to be the in the best, finals. Well, the best team or the Los Angeles I'm asking, I'm asking. Okay, so right now you're saying Lakers and Bucks before the, the break. Same teams even coming out after the break? 
if they do restart the rest of the season, whether it's five games, regular season, I think playoffs, it's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Milwaukee Bucks and no. the 2020 NBA Finals. Uh, I think the Boston Celtics, who are starting to get played due to injuries, will be fully healed up. I think they'll be coming out of the Eastern Conference. Like, no offense, but I just don't see Giannis... For whatever reason, I don't know if it's that pressure. I, I highly doubt the 76ers. That's, that's what's a little shaky, and I agree. But I think last season was a big wake-up call for him individually. And I can see him going into the playoffs this year and you know doing way better than he did last year. And I'm going to rely on that. And I'm also going to rely on a squad that's actually been together for a while already under Coach Bud and doing what needs to get done in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna lean on Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker leading that team. I think they're, they've had great chemistry this year. But enough of that, Marco. Last week we had a segment. We were talking. We talked shit about a certain former Spur player, who I just mentioned previously in the last segment. But now it's time to introduce a new segment, something that we're gonna do recurrently every week, and that's called Pinche Huerco of the Week. Manuel, do we have any boneless buns? Okay. Oh shit! Uh, boneless buns. Boneless buns. Dile que no esté chingando, güey. No tenemos esa madre. Oh man, well, me no habla español. Speak English. Yo no speako English, güey. Dile que no esté chingando. No tenemos boneless buns. <laughs> and our pinche huerco of the week is none other than the UFC light heavyweight champion John Bones Jones. He again. Again, gets arrested for DWI. Arrested Thursday morning, booked at 4:43 in his hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico, on the charges of DUI, negligent un- uh, use of firearm, and possession of open container, as well as no proof of insurance. Marco, this is just another list, you know, another part added to his long resume of getting in trouble with so, the law. So, first of all. You know you're a pinche huerco when you make millions of dollars and you have no proof of insurance for your car. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're a pinche huerco all over the place, dude. Like, one, this dude doesn't learn, man. You are a freaking beast inside the ring, inside the cage, I should say, and outside of it, you're a huerco. You're a pinche huerco. You're a pinche but see, I don't understand. You have all this money, and yet you still keep getting in trouble. You actually tell the cops, yeah, I've been driving under the influence, and I plan on doing so still in the future. What? Now, if that's, of course, all allegedly, but if that's the case, if that's true, what are you doing? You're telling people, yeah, I'm going to keep drinking and driving. Are you kidding me? You already, in 2015, hit and ran away like a bitch, hitting a pregnant woman... While under the influence, you broke her arm, and you got stripped of the title and suspended. Hey, you wouldn't call him a bitch in person, though. I might. <laughs> so what? Yeah, now you beat our asses. He can beat my ass. He's still a bitch. Yeah, he's still a bitch. That's not, like, dude, like, you can't be doing that shit. You're risking people's lives. A real man doesn't do that. And the fact that he's still negligent. Like, he in 2012, he ran into a, his Bentley into a pole. Another DWI charge. He just, let's pass September, got in trouble for an incident in the strip club. Like, dude, get your head out of your ass. You're the best fighter in the game. I don't understand what you're thinking. You've got a girl and kids at home waiting for you. What are you doing now? Partying, cheating, hitting pregnant women, and doing all this dumb shit. Like, fucking 
get straight. You're talking. You're you're talking on the Twitter, on Instagram about being the man of the Lord and doing all this shit. You fucking hypocrite. You're making all the people that are men of you know Jesus Christ followers. You're making them all look bad because your fucking hypocritical ass is doing this kind of shit. I don't. I just don't know what they should do. Like UFC, you know, has already stripped them multiple times before for incidents like this. I just and don't I think they're gonna strip them again. You think so? But at this point, I think there needs to be bigger consequences for him because he needs to learn somehow. And I think maybe doing a suspension from the UFC for a good amount of time, maybe you but, know a year. But what that's some, but what is that gonna do? Suspend him from fighting. Like he has like he already at one time did not fight for a while and still was. You know, getting in trouble with the shit. Someone needs to put them behind bars and, I think and let them learn. Time. And I think they will this time. No, celebrities have an easy out. They usually don't get jail That's time. True. I mean, didn't he Flo- should. Didn't Floyd spend like a month only in jail once? Like, for allegedly beating girl and this multiple times? Like, John Jones has money. He's going to get, you know, easily out. He's got lawyers that will bail him out easily with no problem. He needs, he needs something else. He needs rehab. He needs to be away from all this yes men and doing all this dumb shit. Same problem with Antonio Brown, right? We see it in a lot of like uh, professional sport athletes. So is it, is it just getting hit in the head? You being you being awesome, but you get I, hit in the head and you're I, just stupid. I think it's the money, man. I think it's the way of life, the easiness to be around, knowing, like you said, hey, if I get in trouble, my money's gonna get me out of this problem. There's gonna come a point though that maybe your money's not gonna be enough, man. Maybe the thing you love fighting is going to be taken away from you. Yeah, you've done a lot of things for the sport and you've made a lot of contributions and your wins and made history for yourself. But what's going to be your legacy? Is your legacy going to be a great fighter that got put behind bars or given DWIs? Or are you going to be a great fighter and that's it? You know, a lot of people say at times when you have addiction or you have problems like this, you need to hit bottom. Well, clearly enough, Antonio Brown and, and John Jones have not hit bottom because... John Jones running over and costing the two lives in, in a pregnant woman in 2015. Like, that wasn't enough of a wake-up call to tell you, dude, enough. You, this is, you, you clearly have a problem. His, I mean, his own brother, Chandler Jones, got, you know, cut from freaking the Patriots because he showed up in front of the police station after getting high on synthetic marijuana. I know this, I know their family has gone through some shit, but, bro, you you, John Jones, you've done too much wrong. Like, and that, and that's what I'm talking about is the legacy aspect. Is like, what do you want your legacy to be? And I think that's the questions that John Jones needs to ask himself. And as far as the drinking and the driving guys, and put, taking this away from sports a little bit, just as a person and everybody around here, if you're drinking, man, don't drive. Call an Uber. Do something else. Um, you're not only putting your life at risk, but you're putting the life of others, like Jose and, and Memo were saying. So you know, guys, don't drink and drive. Public surfing announcement. You, you, you guys who are who is his supposedly called friends and family. If you're there, if you see, you know, Jones or anybody you you love, you know, want to drive, dude, get in their way. Physically try to stop them, like, cause you love them and you care. Like I've had to do that with family members and friends before, like. It's not that's fun. I, that's what I'm talking about. As a human being, like taking it out as athletes, like as human beings, uh, the ones we are, um, drinking and driving here in the states is a big problem, and not just for someone that makes a lot of money. For anybody, man, like this kills millions of people. Like, in the, I don't know what the statistic is on it, but I think well, as far as let's hear Texas. Texas, it's I think, Texas, it's bad, I think we're the worst. Yeah, ridiculous. So. 
But yeah. All right. So enough of that bean shit fucking work of the week. Um, let, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, let's go ahead and wrap it up, Marco. We had so much to go on to this week. I had a lot of fun with you, man. Um, guys, we hope to keep this up every week. But uh, right now, COVID-19, we'll see yeah. how it goes. Stay safe, guys. But uh, Marco, go ahead and give us your plug, sir. You can find me at Instagram or Twitter at Marcitos, M-A-A-R-C-I-T-O-S underscore. You Jose? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jose Luis underscore 1990. Twitter handle still unknown. Uh, <laughs> follow us at Puro Pinche Sports Podcast on Instagram. Uh, still trying to create a YouTube page and a, and a Twitter for y'all to follow that as well. Uh, remember your plugs. I'm on Instagram at producer meme underscore not meme. And that's the only place you'll ever find me. All right, guys. Hope you have a lot of fun. Wash Stay safe. Just wash your hands. Cochinos. And, uh, don't, be a, don't be a pinche huerco. Or a pinche huerca. Or you'll be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We are Puro Pinche Sports. And we're out. Hey, now. You're an all-star.